Hi, Finn. Oh, my God. You shouted at me then. Hello, Jane. How are you? I'm very hot and I'm melting this afternoon yes. because it's a rather warm day, which is great. Yeah, but we've now got, well, we've got the window open, we've got the door closed, we've got fan off so that we've got the sound to... Uh, yeah, we're going to have to talk nice really quickly so we can put the fan back on. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we are joining you for a special episode today. A special episode uh, with Jeremy Miles, the new education minister, and it is his first podcast um, with the education um, portfolio. portfolio. Yeah, so we're honoured. We are. We, that, we got very excited when we found that out. Today, yes, didn't we? we did. We did. So um, obviously, you're going to uh, listen to our our interview, our discussion, our conversation with uh, the minister, and then we're going to analyse uh, what he said, and we're going to go through it step by step and have a look at uh, the kinds of things that are important to teachers and schools. So we'd like to thank you all for the questions that we've also had um, over the past week or so, um, that we've sort of shaped the questions that we were going to ask uh, Jeremy Miles in our session, but I know we only had a very uh, short time limit, so we are going to put the rest of the questions to the Minister in writing, and he's said that he will respond to those as well, so those will be out um, hopefully next week or this week um, before the end of term. Okay. Uh, hello, Minister, and thank you very much for agreeing to join us on our podcast. We know you've got limited time today, um, so we want to put to you the key questions that teachers in Wales are really losing sleep over. Yeah. Um, so what we'd like to start off with is, how will you make sure that all schools and all teachers are expert curriculum designers in time to create our world-class curriculum? Well, I mean, I suppose, firstly, the thing I would say is, you know, clearly I understand that where we are today is not where we expect it to be today when we embarked on this journey. Um, some of that has been obviously because curriculum preparation time has been devoted to dealing with the extraordinary circumstances of the last 16, 17, 18 months. And I just if, I, if you don't mind, I'll just take this opportunity to say again how grateful I personally am to teachers and education staff for the just absolutely extraordinary work absolutely. they've done over the last period. Um, but on the other hand, I also think that some of the things we've seen over the last year out of necessity, if you like, out of adversity, mm -hmm. if I can say, have demonstrated in a very living way the qualities of the new curriculum. So, you know, the kind of adapt the adaptability, the flexibility, the relentless focus on learner well-being and progression. You know, I think that puts us in a good place. What I really want to do is, I suppose, the following. I've been talking a lot, of, I think, about momentum and keeping the pace for the curriculum, and I feel very passionately about that. But I also hope, actually, that um, teachers take an opportunity to have a bit of a breather over the summer and just reflect, really, on the extraordinary distance travelled over the last year. Um, and hopefully that gives some confidence and reassurance for what lies ahead. In terms of actual preparation for that, clearly I've listened to um, the sector in terms of uh, you know, perhaps in the secondary sector in particular, a degree of variability about people's confidence about being ready to start from next uh, academic year. So I hope that extra bit of flexibility in the system to delay year seven for one year, if, if schools want to do that, will will provide some scope, some space. Mm. Obviously, I've made decisions around um, categorization, um, end year assessments and so on, performance measures, which I hope again will lift some of the pressures as will the Estin um, new Eston arrangements um, and I think the national networks have a real role to play I think in helping schools 
get to a place where they are confident in terms of uh, preparation. There's a bit more money in the system which will support a bit of extra capacity over the next year. So I'm hoping that that blend of measures together provide the space and support which um, schools and practitioners will need to feel confident that they're ready in time. Thank you for that. And I think that the time and space measures that you've put in place, I think there are a lot of secondary teachers particularly who are really grateful for that and really see that as an opportunity to have that um, space to think about things in a little bit more detail. But something that you mentioned there about variability, and I know that there's been the OECD report into the curriculum for excellence up in Scotland. And one of the things that they talked about was that the curriculum design process very much relies on the expertise of individual teachers. And this has led to uh, a, a sort of a, a breadth of variability and a breadth of inconsistency that actually the OECD recognised was um, actually having a difference to uh, the equity um, of experience for pupils. How, what, what practical steps are you going to take to make sure that that doesn't happen in Wales? Well, I, I think we're in a different place, uh, obviously, in terms of time frame from the Curriculum for Excellence. So there's an opportunity to learn from the experience that Scotland has had. I, I do think that the cluster working, the national network arrangements and so on will provide that underpinning, really, which will give schools and practitioners the support that they need uh, to develop that way of working. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm confident that that, well, I hope the intention certainly is that that is open to every single school to participate in that. And I hope that that gives the reassurance that they're, that schools aren't operating, if you like, mm. on their own, that they've got a kind of network they can draw on and give themselves that assurance. Um, and also working with a consortia, you know, I think that is an important part of the process as well to make sure that, you know, we understand as a government, which schools mm. maybe perhaps need a bit more support, which schools are, you know, if you like, on track, or which schools may be, you know, you know, perhaps pressing the pace a little. I mean, there'll be schools in different places on that spectrum. And I think you know, I will want to have a very clear picture of that so that we can make sure that the schools that need the support will get it. Right. And, and this is the thing is, is making sure that there's listening going on. I mean, you're obviously focusing on that and listening to uh, profession. And this podcast is an example of you listening to the profession, which is uh, fantastic. Um, one of the questions that we are we get asked again and again, and that is really important to teachers in Wales is about the things that are really important for progression. And obviously we know curriculum for Wales is, is focused on progression. And um, one of the questions that we have, I'm gonna quote here because I'll, I wanna make sure that I get this right. The PISA 2018 results show that Wales is still significantly below the other UK nations in reading. How are you going to make sure that teachers use the best method to teach reading, particularly in the early years? Well, there's a, you know, I think what we've got in place already provides the, the support for that. I, you know, I want to make sure that all kids are getting all the support they need to be able to, um, to make absolutely the progression that they need to in that space. I know there's been some, you know, when I when I first came into um when I first came into the role, I um uh, I had a few open letters around yeah. uh, reading in schools and so on. Obviously I read Imagine, those yeah. carefully and I, you know, I've looked um since then at what we are doing, what the interventions are that we have in place. And I think that, you know, I think the new curriculum in particular provides even more support for progression in reading really, which I'm, you know, and I'm very confident that will happen. Because in, in curriculum for Wales, there's a, there's a mixture of methods, aren't there, that, that teachers can choose to use. And I know that the DfE have um, published this week 
uh, they've published their report on um, early reading with a focus on synthetic phonics. And is the situation in Wales, is it really up to teachers to decide which of the methods that are identified in curriculum for Wales is best for their learners? Or is there something that Welsh government believe has the evidence behind it that would really make a difference? Well, I think that approach of having one singular intervention, I think is there's a debate around that, isn't, isn't there, about whether that's the right uh, whether that's the right approach. That obviously is an approach which we've taken in Wales. There's a bit more um, flexibility in the system, and I think that's the right way of doing it. Because you, I, I know that you've um, mentioned as well, um, you've announced in the last week uh, this National Strategy for Educational Research and Inquiry. Just before you go, can you tell us a little bit about that and how important you feel it is? Well, I think it's really important. I want to make sure that practitioners are basically supported to have, uh, you know, to have an uh, opportunity to, to reflect and draw on expertise mm. in the work that they in the work that they do. You know, we're facing over over the next period of time, we're facing a very significant. Um, change in our education system um, and we need to make sure that is um, underpinned as it as it is and will be by um, opportunities for practitioners to reflect and also to draw on expertise in order to have the right sort of interventions in their pedagogy and in their approach generally so I'm very keen to make sure that we support the profession in that and that sits alongside the work that you know we're doing to support professional learning I think it's you know that's an essential part of delivering the curriculum in the best possible way. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that we feel really strongly about is understanding how ha learning happens and the science behind it. Really important. Should we go on to just one last question? And it's not not to put you on the spot, but it's it's what are your top priorities now for your next year in 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 the po post of education minister? Well, I think bridging from the work, the experience of the last, you know, 16, 18 months into the world of the new curriculum is something I want to do in a way which is as um, smooth and seamless as possible. I'm not pretending that will always be straightforward because there are significant pressures that that brings, but I do think just in the way that I was saying at the start, there are um, experiences in the last year that we can draw on for the period ahead. Mm. Um, I want to make absolutely clear that, you know, learner uh, well-being, learner progression is at the heart of everything mm. that I want to achieve as a system. Um, and you know the re renew and reform plan and the funding that goes with that will enable schools to make school level decisions around some of the interventions to support their learners. I'm not, you know, we are not talking in Wales about capture. We're not talking about a deficit model. We are talking about learners being able to reacquaint themselves, if you like, with those skills which enable us all, frankly, in different stages of life to engage with others and to become and, and to learn. Uh, and, and that's about confidence. It's about self-esteem. It's about uh, a sense of broad well-being. And, you know, for many learners, that will have been a struggle at points in the last year. So it's about reacquainting re and reinvigorating those uh, those underpinning skills, really. Um, so that's one aspect. I also want to make sure that the profession has the space and support it needs to be able to uh, lead the education system through that process of transformation. I'm very keenly aware of the pressures of the last year. I've had a number of discussions around um, workload pressures in particular. Um, mm -hmm. I, I hope that some of the measures I've taken already indicate a direction of travel which is mindful of that. Mm -hmm. There's obviously also an ongoing discussion around um, what more we can do in relation to perhaps some, some of the less necessary aspects of bureaucracy, if I can put it like that. So I want to bring a fresh pair of eyes to that as well. You know, that's important in terms of um, in terms of supporting our learners to get the best experience in school, but it's also important in its own terms to support the profession itself. Um, and I think alongside that, 
my party has a set of manifesto commitments, which I think draw on the experience we've had in the last year, 18 months, really. Um, some of that is I, I want to start a discussion in the autumn term and beyond about what the school day and the school year looks like. Mm. Um, that isn't a conversation that I start with a set of fixed preconceptions from learners, from teachers, from education staff more broadly, from other organisations outside the world of the school um, to see what that can look like. And it's not, you know, this is not a conversation about how we lengthen the school day. It's a conversation which is, has learner and staff well-being, uh, narrowing the attainment gap, uh, progression, all those values, which obviously we all hold in common. Those are the kind of guiding principles, really. And I think perhaps this is a, you know, a particularly relevant point in time to start that discussion, um, given, you know, the fact that the school day and school year has looked very different, hasn't it, over the last year? So uh, I think that's a, a conversation I'm excited about having uh, with the sector from the autumn onwards. Um, and I'm also interested in making sure schools build on um, the experience of the last year, 18 months about, you know, building relationships with parents and the community and to see what more we can do in that space. You know, schools are at different points in that journey, aren't they, because of a range of factors. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to make sure we are doing all we can to, to, you know, again, to draw on some of the positives in that space that yeah. we've learned about in the last year. And absolutely, I mean, there's been so much change Absolutely. over the last 18 months I think but there are some real positives yeah. that we can bring yeah, I think we've, we've talked about the positives quite a lot I mean I know schools have recognized that yeah there are many things that they want to keep doing yeah. yes that, that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to do before and it is important to talk about that because you know it is a, clearly the last period of time has been you know one would never ever ever want to repeat it but there have been things that we've all learned to do differently and frankly in some ways better so yeah. those things we need to try and keep hold of I think. it's looking forward isn't it absolutely yeah. so thank you very much for today and for agreeing as well I know we had some other questions from staff which we were going to put to you in an email which you've agreed to respond to as well which absolutely is very, very happy that. to do that it's great okay thank you thank very you much, very thank you very much. much. look forward to talking to you again thanks okay thank you thanks bye bye bye, bye. So we've we've spoken to the education minister. That was really interesting, wasn't it? Should we should we start with first of all, and it has to be done. The first impressions, maybe some comparisons with the previous education minister we had, Kirsty Williams. What we think of the whole process, because obviously now we've we, we're very lucky to have spoken to both ministers. I also think in the in the time that Jeremy Miles has had as two months. As education, which is two months, we worked yeah. it out. In fact, it was practically two months to the day, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, that it was announced. And I know when the announcement was first made, I wasn't sure. I had well, I wasn't really aware of Jeremy Miles. No, no, uh, no, was as a I. Politician before. Council General doesn't really come up as a very visible person within the government for for teachers yeah. anyway. So we weren't sure what to expect today, but no. you know, it was. I think we both finished the podcast today, and we feeling very positive feeling, feeling extremely positive yeah it was a very different feel and I think he obviously he's a very different person yeah. uh but it it came across as um he he came across as prepared but very transparent very personable uh so it was a really it was an enjoyable experience and obviously he's mentioned at the end of the podcast that he'd like to talk to us again and we'd love to talk to him again so you know let's repeat that at a later date but Let's just talk about uh, first how we prepared for this podcast, because I think that's an interesting process for our listeners, maybe to know what we did to get to here. Well, we were waiting for quite a while to actually know that we were going to interview 
yeah. Jeremy today, didn't we? Because yeah. it was it was it had taken a while for the for the wheels at, at Welsh government to yeah. to move. Yeah. yeah. But we we finally got confirmation last week and oh, all of a sudden it's this week. Yeah. But I know we've discussed lots of things that we'd like to explore mm. with the minister um on behalf of the teaching profession just to know where we were heading but i know since we had the confirmation that we were going to do the podcast we had an email this morning yeah, and lots of things have changed and lots of announcements of welsh government have come out in that time as well but we also we had the email this morning from the press office saying you did have 45 minutes now you've got 20 yeah. something's come up something which you know yeah. that happens we totally understand Can we do it in a slightly shorter time which which we did we did yeah we did <laughs> we did but it meant that we had to be much more focused on what we were going to ask and how we were yeah. going to ask it to make it easy for the minister yeah. but also to make uh, it straightforward as it, in terms of what we were actually asking because yeah. that's something that we've we've learned from I've learned from previous podcasts is the more preamble you have to yeah, a question we couldn't do a preamble stake no really? well the, the more kind of involved the question is the harder it is to answer so it needs to be really quite straightforward to get the the answer that you want because otherwise yeah. people don't know what yeah. you're asking but you know they could have said could we please postpone which yeah they could which, which they did so we're so. really grateful for that yeah. but um so we had a lot of questions actually from teachers they uh, and leaders and people involved in education uh, in wales who sent us them on email direct message messenger twitter twitter yeah everywhere um, so what we did was obviously we took some of those questions and we asked them in the in the live podcast, but we also uh, took some questions that we talk about with schools all the time. So there's a mixture of both ours and ones that came from teachers and leaders across Wales. And it, it was quite difficult. It's quite difficult wording the questions to make sure that everybody knows exactly what the important point is. But I think that's something that Jeremy Miles does particularly well is as a former barrister, a former lawyer, solicitor, and forgive me if I've not got the terminology right there with all of those, but he he's obviously, he's um, a really good communicator. He's a very adept communicator. He's a very good listener. He is a very good listener. And um, it was an easy conversation because, um, you know, there's an intellectual element to mm. it that means that you know, you ask a question, he hears the, the question and he answers that question, which I think is, it can be quite rare with politicians, but obviously we recognise he is still a politician and therefore he's not going to be, he's, he's not going to veer from the party line. But I think what I found quite refreshing was that if he had an answer and that was the answer that we were going to get and we weren't going to get anything else, that, that was it. And that we knew where you were. Yeah, finish, move on. So that, that leads to sort of, transparency wasn't it just we're very quickly looking at your notes yeah then. sorry yeah because uh, we, we, got... we did we went through after we did after we did that it was like Ooh. so we sat and we listened to it again yeah just to gather our thoughts really um because it's, it's one thing listening to somebody talking but to listen mm. back mm. i think you sort of well, you stop things. and you think and you, you hear, hear things, things differently when you're when you're actually just listening mm. to it as opposed to when you're in it Mm. And I think it's really useful for us to actually listen back to his answers yeah. to that and go say, well, what did he actually say then? And I think I think we posed some quite different questions to the new minister as opposed yeah, to they were very different, yeah. because they, they were much more to the point, much more challenging, some of them. And we, we didn't ask questions that we already knew the answer to. We were asking questions that 
maybe the answer wasn't as clear as we up until that point you know we hadn't got a complete answer to it or maybe we wanted a little bit more detail on it so it gave us a chance to to ask those more challenging questions. but they weren't really questions that you know as a parent you would want to know it's representing the teaching profession yeah and knowing you know where what what really would make a difference for teachers in in this in the situation that we're in at the moment yeah you know and we do appreciate that you know we're two well most schools are pupils have been are going home tomorrow yes which is friday friday when when this comes out so it'd be today yeah it comes yeah. out depending when you listen to it <laughs> <laughs> and some schools have got inset days next week so it's podcast time it is podcast time. but it's all you know it is at the end of term yeah. and like everything comes out at the end of term so yeah. it's been able to sift through that and think about okay where we're going to go but what what really impressed me as well was the the whole gratitude for the profession over what has been done throughout not just covid but pre-covid as well and how what a profession you know we, but, we work with but, but but i'm gonna i'm gonna Go challenge you on that on because kirsty williams also did that she did well she did extremely well yeah. and i think that it's important for our politicians to actually say thank you mm. but it's also important for our politicians well not say thank you to to recognize the the work that that mm. people are doing but it's also important for our politicians to put their money where their mouths are yeah and actually recognize that work in the actions that they take in terms yeah. of policy. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that we, we were asking today is, you know, it's, it's great that you value the work that teachers are doing, but how also are you as a government going to support, yeah. as an education department, going to support the work that teachers do and and I think that um, when we get into the questions, it's not about platitudes, is it? It's no, about... it, it's yeah, it's it's about actions, and it's mm. about you know your actions speak louder than your words. Sometimes that you know you can say we really value what we do, but if you if you're actually doing things that make life harder for teachers, then that's an empty yeah set of words. But coming to the end of term, there have been uh, we were trying to count today how many key decisions. Mm have been made yeah. this this week and last week yeah there's, as, there's been quite a lot yeah and significant ones as well that were on the surface yeah that you will you know be able to think about that he is listening he has yeah. made some inroads into looking at what is concerning the profession yeah moving forward and 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 been able to balance that against what policy what government policy yeah is required yeah and to well it's he is listening and he's hearing yeah it's not just i've listened to you and yeah. the story Ooh. but yeah, yeah i've listened to you i've heard what you said i'm i brought together a response and here is my yeah. action yeah. i mean for example the uh, delay to year seven secondary implementation of curriculum for wales if schools want to they can take it on to uh, september 2023 instead to do seven and eight together and i think what we have to remember is that as a politician, he's always managing, always managing um, different agendas. Yeah. You know, there are more than one set of demands on him, and I think he's been he's been really clever. I think he has to be congratulated by doing more than one thing at a time yeah. here because he said, "Teachers, I recognise that you've had an awful lot on your plate, and I need to respond to that in some way and give you more time." And, but he said, but I can't do it for everybody because if I do it for everybody, then we may lose yeah. momentum. So he's managing his other agenda there. So what he's done is he said, well, secondary teachers, you are the highest priority because you've had CDGs to cope yeah. with. 
and you already have a rollout that would enable you to have some extra time without changing the total timeline so that you still have implementation at the end date by September 2026 for all year groups. So I think that's that's a very clever way of approaching it. And although it might not be quite as far as we want him to go or teachers want him to go, actually it might be a better decision because he, as a politician, is managing yes, competing yeah, agendas. It is, isn't it? It's, it's that balance between the two, isn't it? And keeping as many people mm. with the momentum going as possible on both sides. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that came across today uh, when we spoke to uh, Minister about uh, what he was doing and how he was approaching things, is he quite clearly said that he recognised curriculum for Wales development time had been devoted elsewhere. Mm. And I'm not sure it's been said in, in exactly that way before. Not as clear cut yes. that way. Yes, It's sort of rumbled along, hasn't it? But I think today was the first time we both sat and, oh, yeah. Mm. But... Again, I mean, one of the things that in the moment is really um, interesting to uh, be part of, and it's actually very um, encouraging when you're in a conversation with someone and you feel like they're really, really listening to you and they're taking on board what you're saying and they're responding appropriately. But we shouldn't be um, hoodwinked into thinking that there is actually a really entirely different message here going on, because you said about schools approach to COVID that a lot had been done during the last year that was uh, reflective of the ethos mm. of curriculum for Wales. Now, you know, things like flexibility, adaptability, focusing on well-being. health and well-being, mm. uh, those kinds of things. But that's something different to actual preparation and planning for designing of a curriculum. Yeah. You know that that's kind of it's like the action it's the the ethos compared to the actions that schools need to take yes and they are two different yeah. things you know that i i think what's happened with covid19 is the emergency of being in a global pandemic highlighted the things that curriculum for wales was actually designed to deliver on yeah. so of course we're going to be doing the things like thinking about equity and thinking about progression because actually that's what we want to be doing anyway. So I think it's a little bit of an erroneous narrative. But you think of the schools that we were working with pre-COVID and, and you know, for two two to three years before that, when we were looking at data and working and supporting them in developing their curriculum, it was things things like resilient learners, independent learners. They were still, that was still needed prior to COVID. November 2019. It's just been exacerbated through covid and i think it's more of an issue now than it was yeah and so during covid it, it kind of allowed people to recognize priorities and say mm. oh, okay hang on they're all at home and some of them aren't engaging so we really need to focus on really effective instruction and that has no doubt moved some teachers practice some, on some schools yeah some teachers maybe didn't have that opportunity the situation mm. that was was going on for them but it, by suggesting that COVID in and of itself has meant that we're working more in a curriculum for Wales way, I, I don't think that's, that's actually moved schools on to knowing what knowledge, content, yeah. experience, year seven need in science and how that links with what's going to happen in year eight, year nine. And curriculum planning. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, curriculum design. Continuity, yeah. 
is not the same as really effective instruction. The one feeds into the other. They're not entirely separate, mm. but there's still a job of work to be done about curriculum yeah. design. So despite the fact that the, the new education minister is eloquent, is articulate, is well-reasoned, it doesn't mean that there is uh, a entirely new set of um, support. No, and professional we've, we've talked all along about this idea of creating time and space. Mm. Yes, great. But we have now got a little bit more but, time. But schools space. need to plan really carefully. Yeah. What are they going to do with that time and space? Yeah. Well, and that's why we asked the question, you know, what, what is going to be done about um, making sure that every teacher has a really clear well, the expert opportunity to, yeah. to develop as a curriculum mm. designer because that is different. And saying that, that teachers practice has actually supported the practical steps of planning to be actually done. It hasn't mm. in mm. some cases, you know, they, they've been too busy being uh, in the midst of that emergency practice that needed to improve um, the situation for uh, children learning at home to think about mm. how to plan um, a, an effective curriculum. So although he spoke very eloquently on that question, I don't feel that we heard anything much new, but it was, it was really encouraging to hear that he was uh, that he understood that COVID nineteen has stopped curriculum design, yeah, happening. But but how do we keep the, the momentum going? Yeah, and and just giving more time isn't isn't the only no. thing that needs to be done. So, and of course, you know, let's not forget that. Um, uh, he, he talked about teachers need a holiday. Yes, absolutely. We do need a holiday. Uh, well, sorry, not not we. I think we all need a holiday. Just, well, we, just, yeah, we do. Just, but I just yeah, don't yeah, want to no, cast yeah, myself yeah. as, you know, the, the same as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, because I know that teachers worked extremely hard. But we take a holiday. But the holiday, although hopefully, let's, let's mm. say we all come back refreshed and ready to go, that's not going to fix things in and of itself because we still have the summer slide. That's yeah. always been there. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're all going to go a little bit backward. The, the teacher, the sorry, the pupils learning is, is going to slide a little bit again. Only a little bit, but it, it doesn't it doesn't fix anything. And we're not going to come back necessarily in September being the curriculum designers that we that we that we might not have been at the end of July. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That. So I think in terms of saying anything new about curriculum design, the support that's going mm. to be there, the you know the professional learning that ne teachers need in order to develop this for some people entirely new mm. skill. There, there isn't anything new happening for that at the moment. No, no. Okay, so question two. Question two was one of the issues uh, that um, the OECD raised in curriculum for excellence: this idea of variability and consistency. You just mentioned those four words, and everyone goes, "Oh, we see." <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so this was a question probably that we, we tried to think about making sure this question was really, really focused on the equity yeah. gap that every child in Wales needs to have equitable access to yeah. the same kind of um, support and progress and development, and it needs to be the 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 same quality wherever yeah. they go and i think covid19 has really blown that idea apart hasn't it mm. is that you know have we got we if we didn't have equity before covid mm. we've certainly got it 
in a much wider yeah um, remit now yeah and you know if if we're if we've got a, a curriculum in Scotland that's been there for what 15 20 mm. years and that is set up in a very very similar format to down here when we're talking about what the content that's identified in the curriculum is actually there and the fact that we have 1600 different curricula possibly in the pipeline for 2022 2023 you know how can you provide that consistency and that equity of experience for pupils yeah. and um, how do we ensure that that gap yeah is isn't so the minister's answers for that well, the answer was that was we're in a different place okay. well we are in a different place but we're in the same place as scotland but yeah is behind yeah so uh, gathering information from schools to understand um what's um, variation there is in terms of mm. support and what's needed i think there's still probably work to be done on that on that area mm. um and making sure that um there is enough support that we don't i i didn't hear that there's anything in plan that is directly focused on the issues raised by the OECD report no. and the implications of There was recognition that we need to know where schools are. So yes. we need to know which schools are doing well, doing really well, and have moved ahead and have got things, you know, in hand. And we know we need to know which schools really do need that extra support and that mm. that additional yeah. um, help and guidance possibly yeah but you know i was just thinking as you were talking then that um there's a real job of work to be done for consortia yeah local authorities estin you know we already we currently have variation within the system we currently have variation as to quality of experience for pupils put an additional layer on top of that with 1600 yeah. different curricula how can you tell yeah. which to support yeah. but it's also we also know variation within school Oh yeah, is an issue, and that's still going to be an issue with curriculum for Wales. That we're going to have variation within those AOLE curriculums. I, I know. So if we if we're thinking about supporting the system to improve, and yet we don't have a national standard, we don't have a national mm -hmm. consistency. I mean, that's something we didn't ask the minister, but you know, that's that's a, quite a tall order for yeah. any support system. Yeah. There's only a limit to how many questions you can ask in 20 minutes. I know, right? I know, I know. Right, okay, so we've, question... got that, we've possibly got that one as a yeah. as an additional one. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. So the, the third question um, that we asked was about reading mm. and early support for reading, because uh, we mentioned the DfE report in England and the focus on synthetic phonics. And I think Jeremy Miles was um, quite... Yeah. clear we're not going that way in Wales no and it felt a little bit like that answer had a political element to it because I've heard him answer uh, a similar question like that um, in other places uh, where he he says that there is an argument to be had about whether synthetic phonics it should be the only approach whether it is the best approach and that's the discussion and that Welsh government feel that 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 is not clear as to whether it is the best approach. I, I think it, it's a slightly different, I, I look at this as a slightly different view with this because we were also talking about the announcement he made this week about research. research. Yeah. And I think the idea that national strategy for educational research yeah. and inquiry. That's 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 the, the phrase. But if we're looking at subsidiarity subsidiarity yeah. as well, yeah. 
is this the a move towards teachers understanding and knowing which research will enable them to utilize the best reading strategies and, and systems within school? I don't know. Okay, so let's take that idea down the road a little bit. Um, if we are going full subsidiarity and we're saying mm. uh, subsidiarity is the principle that you take the power to make decisions as close to the mm. action as possible. Does that mean then that actually children should be deciding what they learn? You know, if you're, if you're saying, well, teachers should be deciding which is the best research that therefore informs the best approach, is that suitable or mm. do we need a is that is that too close to the action uh you know do you need a certain level of expertise before you can say yeah. or do you need to be uh guided into well there are 567 strategies for reading mm -hmm. out there but in fact from what we've seen that there are these two or there's this one that the research shows has the most effective uh, impact it's who, in comparison with the who others is, who, who decides who is the expert yeah. that's making that decision is this the role of the heis that we're talking about within this mm. research announcement that's come out this week i think there's not enough detail well, at the moment to there's explore. quite a lot of parity between the argument of um should children be allowed to choose what they want to learn because it will keep them engaged and should teachers be allowed to uh, explore the research entirely for themselves and use inquiry learning to improve their practice you know so in the instance of children choosing what they learn they don't know what they don't know mm -hmm. and I would have said that teachers, teachers choosing from all of the research that's out there which one they want to use to fix the problem mm -hmm. in their classroom they don't again don't, don't know, know what, what they you don't, don't know. know and I think that there is a responsibility on somebody yeah at some level at some level to say actually if you want to be a uh, effective consumer and uh, translator of research that you need a certain level of expertise or a certain understanding of um, the robustness and the reliability mm. of that particular research before you can be making yeah. effective decisions and I think that one of the things that the National Strategy for Education Research and Inquiry announcement that uh, the minister made recently was that we need to improve the capacity for research within Wales and I, we wouldn't argue mm. with that I mean there's there are no um, obvious sources of um, research on the science of learning in Wales that we no, know of no, I mean no. correct us if we're wrong well so, there weren't a couple of years ago when we were looking but absolutely not, so there, there might be now but actually it's it's not at the this kind of the bleeding edge of of research that actually that's not necessarily what you should be looking at that you know the stuff that comes out in the last year or the last 18 months it's the stuff that's been around for a couple of decades that's been replicated yeah. multiple times that's had spin-off um research that that you know that's explored the boundaries of an idea that's the research that teachers need and actually there's no mention of that in the national strategy and you know research on early reading it's not like it's brand new it's been around yeah. quite some time. But I think reading was the one we chose because I, I know we've talked a lot about reading. We've had podcasts yeah. purely devoted to reading. We've got some more coming in September. Mm. Mm. And I think it's the one single 
think if we were to fix anything, one single area of learning that we would fix. Yeah. What a difference if every child reaching every child is able reaching, to read at the level reach, yeah at the, at the level their of their age. Their, their age what a difference that would make yeah yeah I, I personally English teacher but you know I, I think that's by the by reading yeah and vocabulary having wide yeah. vocabulary and reading well and the yeah. two are intrinsically linked you know solving that would be an issue and yeah. I think sometimes well not sometimes education should be above politics mm-hmm. and we shouldn't necessarily disagree with a uh, an ethos of education simply because it, it comes from the other side of the fence and we've we've had changes in how we we've been on both sides of the fence Finn. Oh, we have, <laughs> but we've changed our mind on things because we've learned something new and we're, we're willing to say that uh, you know we thought that knowledge first direct instruction was a better approach than other approaches now we understand that knowledge does come first direct instruction does come first but that that is not the only way of doing yeah. things or that it's not where it stops, that you need inquiry learning as part of that as well, that learning is a journey as opposed to a single moment. And being a good learner at whatever stage you are means that you're open to changing your mind. You're open to seeing things differently. I just don't feel that the research out there on reading I, I really don't feel that argument has, has finished yet because no, it's too it's too big an argument to leave it where it is. Well, I, I, I also feel that, you know, we haven't changed the way we do things in Wales in terms of guidance it's, for what you yeah. should teach for reading for a number of years. And we're still behind. So unless we look at things differently, do something new. Yeah. We're not going to improve standards in reading and, and therefore we're not going to improve education. But we know there's schools out there that have got reading Cracked. cracked absolutely cracked yes and I think we should be starting to look more at those schools and yes. look at what they're doing and yes. look at those things that really work for the pupils in their context yes and think about what we can learn from that yes and it has to be said that that actually is what England has done mm. and that's why they brought out their report last last week mm. on or this week earlier this week on uh synthetic phonics is because the evidence is there yeah so okay so that that was uh, that let's wasn't... not go down the ra- reading rabbit hole now. No, no, days no, the end no. Of okay. So we'll say that for September. There, w- there was also, um, I think, we just wanted to mention some of the um, the language that the minister used about um, interventions and pedagogy and those kinds of things. I think one of the things that we saw uh, a bit of with the previous education minister was the minister is there as the politician to shape, set on the values of the government what policy is and the people in civil service in the department are there to enact Mm. the policy and therefore the people in the civil service the the government education department have the uh, or should have the specialist expertise in education to advise Mm. the minister effectively and I think that that the last minister didn't really understand some of the nuances of things like assessment and accountability and reading possibly and I think you know it's only been two months you wouldn't expect the current minister but I think very often things like assessment accountability and pedagogy yeah unless you're actually practicing and doing those things yeah it's very difficult to understand yeah if you're not working with learners yeah so you know one of the things that we're we hope we're going to get to speak to the minister again because it was yeah. a really fantastic opportunity to to chat about education 
is that it would be really interesting to see maybe he'll be open to thinking about some of the more specialist parts of education how they really work in practice and what teachers really need in order to move forward see if his views or his understanding or his advice from his department changes how he speaks about things but I think you know two months in he's doing a pretty pretty good, good job, job of, yeah. uh, of being able to answer some pretty challenging questions on a hot day as well yeah and I know there that towards the end of the, the podcast um, he covered some of the things that are kind of coming up as priorities and I think we'll be really interested to see how those go I mean we've already got some reductions in bureaucracy I know that that's I think that's going to be a real welcome oh gosh change yes. to schools because there is lots of bureaucracy that yeah that we could well do without linked with accountability yeah. some of it as well yeah. so that'd be who interesting. are we doing some of these things for yeah and we've got uh, the discussion about the school year the school day yeah again that'll be really really interesting and the the link with parents during COVID-19 because certainly that has that has yeah. been improved but but also right at the end we did we discussed the the things that school the positive things that schools yeah can take from COVID and the the things that not necessarily COVID the, the infection but yeah the the whole process that we've all gone through for the last mm. 18 months you know we always say we look you know we're learning all the time mm. and that's still continuing continuing but I know lots of schools are still going to be doing things in September from Covid that they wouldn't have done before. Absolutely so you know I think our new education minister Jeremy Miles should be firstly congratulated for taking on what is an incredibly yeah. challenging portfolio but for you know being willing to talk to the profession through through yeah. things like this through a podcast fantastic that he agreed to come and not on just to willing us. to talk willing to listen and to, and to enact yes yes absolutely and it'll be really interesting to see how education develops over the coming months and coming years and I think there are very encouraging signs in things like this this desire to make sure that the education profession is in a position to use research effectively that he is listening and changing timelines on various yeah. different things AI and creating space and curriculum time. for Wales yeah, and, and being willing to talk about these very difficult subjects. But there's still, obviously, there's still a way to go to, to, for teachers to feel really confident that they're able and ready for the challenges that have been yeah. set for them. Because we know at the end of the day, teachers are in the profession because they because care. They care. Yeah. And I think that, and that, that's the bottom line, isn't it? It's yeah. knowing what, what you're doing is right for the children in front of you. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we with go. that, we, a special podcast. We hope you enjoyed um, listening to yeah. the minister. We certainly did. Yeah. And um, we did say last week, have a great summer. Oh, we'll yes. say it again today. <laughs> Let's hope the weather continues. Yes. Have a great summer. And Get down to the beach. Enjoy the yourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. And we shall see you back again in September. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.